Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. So I'm going to ask a couple of people to come up and share what God's been doing in them over the course of our Daniel fast. I'm going to ask Jonathan, Gavin, Keisha and Hannah to come and join me up on the stage. Let's give them a Burlington and Ipswich welcome. Come on up, guys. Come on up. That's great. I'm going to ask Jonathan to go first. And these guys are bravely going to share what God's been doing in them. So let's be ultra encouraging, extra smiley and uh, encourage them as they speak. Thank you very much. So I've got two short bits to do. Uh, One from 2 Chronicles 20. You might remember this from the first week where we were thinking about praising God and our relationship with God. And it's about the time when Jehoshaphat was facing three significant armies and was really worried. But he's he's been putting his faith in God. And this little bit in particular struck me that morning. It says, early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Just struck me afresh, just how if we have our eyes on God, if we have our focus on praising him, then in the face of battles that we have in our own lives, that's the way to have the victory, because then God has the victory as we look to him. That was part one, and then part two came a little later, actually this week, um, from 1 Peter 2, and I was reading in the message translation, which just brought it alive to me, those, these famous words which you may remember about, we're being a chosen people and a royal priesthood. But you are the, the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. And that's a fantastic thing, I think, for us to celebrate this morning too. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Um, I'm not going to lie, I feel a bit of a fraud standing up here. I uh, haven't been doing the full Daniel fast. I decided, or rather, the good Lord decided for me at the last minute that I was going to give up Facebook. For me, for all of those who know me, that is quite a big achievement. Um, I had no intention, I'll be honest, I had no intention to do any fasting. For me, January is quite a glum month, and I thought, why would I want to deprive myself of all the good things in life? I'll save that for the summer when life's a bit nicer. Um, But right at the last minute... 
the good Lord stopped me in my tracks and said, actually, Hannah, you are going to give up Facebook. I was filled with panic. Um, I thought to myself, there's no way I can do this. I'll I'll give it a try. I'll try for a week. Um, So I initially cut cut it back. I limited myself to just an hour a day, um, which sounds pathetic, but for me, that was a big, a big thing to do. And I did it. Um, Thank you very much. Um, I... I'm a stay-at-home mum, and I, I fill up my days on Facebook. Um, I think I do that to try to, to distract myself from sort of the, some of the mundane aspects of my days. And I noticed at the end of last year, I was in quite a negative headspace. Um, I was full of insecurities. I was uh, getting quite anxious about lots of things. And I think I put that down to constant Facebook scrolling. Sound familiar? That was me. Yes, thank you. Um, So, as I said, the good Lord stopped me in my tracks and said, Hannah, you need to declutter your mind. And for me, I'm not blaming Facebook, but for me, I think Facebook was responsible for a lot of that. So, like I said, I limited myself to an hour a day, and then I went down to 30 minutes. um, And I felt really liberated. And then two weeks ago, I deleted the app altogether, which was... (laughs) Thank you. Um... And that was two weeks ago, and I still haven't downloaded it again. It's still off my phone. Um, For me, what have I learnt doing that? Well, actually, my boys are amazing. And there I was, distracting myself. When they were playing, I was there on Facebook. And actually, since I've put Facebook down, I've just noticed the joy in them again. I've noticed as they play together, actually, they're quite nice boys. I do like them. Being at home isn't awful, and I've put Facebook down, and I've lifted my eyes from my phone, and I've watched my boys. So what will the future hold for me? Hopefully, that sense of peace, that sense of calmness will stay. I think think that God appears to me in sort of dramatic ways, you know, lots of Facebook statuses, lots of Facebook updates. And actually, in the quiet times, God was still there for me. Um, So I feel like I've rediscovered God in a very different, quiet way. Um, So pray for me as I I decide what to do. Should I reinstate Facebook or not? I'm not sure yet. Um, But that's my story. Thank you. Wow, that's a a hard act to follow. Um, I might have to do that myself. Good morning, everyone. I'm Gavin from Ipswich International Church. Um, I, I love the Daniel fast. Uh, it's a great way to start the year. It's a great renewal, a great spiritual uh, and physical renewal. Um, I would sell my mother for a cup of coffee by the end of it. So if anybody has a cup of coffee and wants a nice old lady, speak to me afterwards. My, my wife thought it would be wine, but coffee is always hard. But Whilst, whilst there's things we lose, there's a, a vast amount we gained. And, and just a little story, the, the first time I did the Daniel Fast was actually before I was a Christian. Uh, I did it with my wife because she was, and it was really instrumental in me coming to put up my hand to know Christ, to say, yeah, I step out, Lord Jesus, I want to save you, serve you. It is amazing. So I don't think I've got a testimony as good as that. But the day that really stood out for me this year was day 16 when we looked at the zeal for the broken. And this is something God has been laying on my heart for a while, um, but that day really fired me up. We had our house group. I don't know if anybody from the house group's here. Give us a wave. They're on the balcony, uh, and it was absolutely fantastic to talk about that on that day, and I, I went home fired up, and I really believe this is something that God has put on my heart 
for the church to do. I think God's talking to me, but I think God talks to all of us as well. We need to go beyond talking to people one by one. We need to reach out more to communities, to the society. We need a radical transformation. We need to put Jesus, we need to put God at the heart of what we do. And in our zeal for the broken, our society is broken. We know that. We look at it. And we know Jesus came and he reached out to the people on the margins. He came, he came to the outsiders, those that were hated, that feared, that were cast out. Now, okay, we're not talking about lepers, tax collectors now, but there's still beggars, there's still prostitutes, there's still people that are homeless, there's still people that are hungry. And I don't think we can wait for the broken to walk through our door. I think if we have a zeal for the broken, we have to take ourselves out to them. So that's what God has says to me. He's saying to me, Gavin, go out and do it. And I think he's saying to the church, go and do it as well. We're the church, we're God's children, we're brothers and sisters, we're his people and his army. We need to get out there. It should be us feeding the homeless. It should be us befriending the lonely. It should be us doing things as simple as talking to an old person for an hour a week. It could be us using our skills, being school governors, and being in that school where we can pray and we can bring light into that darkness. So I'm really fired up. You can see that. I don't normally get this excited, but I am really excited. I think God's been talking to me. I think there's a journey. I think there's a lot we can do. And really, if you want to join me on the journey, I'd love to talk to you. Let's see what we can do to get out the church, to reach the broken. And if you want to pray and support us, you don't want to go out there, but you want to pray for it, that is really lovely as well. That is really powerful. So if you want to pray, pray for the broken as well. So I feel really blessed. I'm really excited. I'm really fired up. And yet again, the Daniel Fast has done something amazing. Thank you very much. Good morning. My name's Keisha and I'm 11. This morning I've been asked to talk about my experience during the Daniel Fast. I fast every year, but this year has been a particular challenge for me because I've included myself in not eating meat. I found this very, very hard and been very tempted to give up. On the first week, the theme was passionate spirituality and out of those seven days, what impacted me the most was day five about prayer. One of my best friends is going through a hard time at home, so I, and I found this very close to my heart. So me and my dad prayed about it. We prayed that they would feel the Lord's power, and we wanted to let them know to always remember that he is with them. My friend has not said anything about the Lord at this point, what she is going through, but I know that for sure that my prayer will be answered. Week two was about radical community, and things started to get really difficult, but I did not give in. What stood out for me the most was day nine, and it, because it talked about encouragement. This made me feel, and how we show that towards other believers. This made me feel grateful for the love my church family shows me, and, and made me think about how I can show that back. Week three was about missional zeal, and this, very, this was very, very nearly breaking point for me. What touched me the most was day 16, which was about zeal for the brokenhearted. This showed me a path of which I need to go down to help people who need love and people who need to help to seek the Lord. This was my experience of the Daniel Fast this year. Thank you for listening. Wow. Thank you so much, Keisha. Thank you so much to you guys for sharing. Are you ready for some more testimonies?
really sure you are. I heard there were some Pentecostals in the house. Are you ready for some more testimonies? Good. Then I would love you to welcome the next lot. My piece of paper's gone walkies. Hang on a minute. Where's my piece of paper with my notice on? Well, I know that Ed, no, it's gone. Someone's stolen it. Ed's coming. Nancy's coming. Shireen's coming. And two people from IIC. Because someone's stolen my, hang on a minute. I found it. It's under here. Hey, all slick. I have got some of the worship team coming up from IIC. Is that right? Let's give them all a massive round of applause. I'm going to ask Nancy to go first. Thanks, Nancy. Go for it. Morning, everyone. Um, My name's Nancy, and I'm um, Centre Coordinator for Perspectives, um, which is a um, listening and support and counselling service for anyone, any woman or man who's going through some sort of pregnancy crisis. And during this um, fasting time, we've had some really excellent news. Um, Perspectives has been going since 1998, and this is the first time that we have been invited to actually work in the hospital. It is a significant breakthrough. It is... Thank you. It's taken 20 years to be an overnight success. 20 years of praying, of me, I've been with the perspectives for 10 years, and it's standing on the shoulders of those who came before me, those who had that vision and that sight um, that I have the privilege and the honor to carry forward all in God's name. Praise be to God. And um, the significance of um, this fasting, I think it really clears the mind, doesn't it? Really brings you closer to God and giving you that vision of where he can lead you, where he can take you. Um, I have the last hurdle in this is I have an interview with the volunteer coordinator on the 29th of this month, so that is Tuesday at half past ten, and I would really appreciate all your prayer. There is a little bit of resistance to us being in the hospital, um, and I'm sure I appreciate that you probably have experienced this yourself when you're doing something in which it's a very secular world, um, you will meet resistance. So please pray for us, half past ten on the 29th, um, that all goes well. It's supposed to be just a formality. We have the clinic on a Monday from 1 till 4, um, working with women who, um, if they need us, we are there. They have an unplanned pregnancy and they want to talk to us, we are there. So please pray for us that it all goes well and that we are fully accepted into the hospital. Thank you. Hi, I am Shireen and I run Tiddlewinks, Burnton's toddler group. We meet on a Tuesday morning between 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. during term time. 
During Daniel fast week, the first week of the fast, I prayed for a revival of God's kingdom. And during the fast, Tidlinks has had nine new families join. This is the biggest increase ever in families in such a small space of time. I feel this is a real answer to the prayer revival. And one of those new families I've actually had lunch with on Friday. So hopefully we can continue to build on that relationship too. Also during the fast, I met with Claire, one of our ministers, to pray specifically for Tiddlywinks. At the end of this session, we prayed for God to give me a Bible verse for myself and the Tiddlywinks team, and this is what God gave me. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. It is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. This is from Romans 12, verses 6 to 8. Instead of just giving this verse to my team, I've put together a calendar with this verse on so they will see it throughout the year and will be encouraged. Good morning. Um, My name is Dennis. I'm a member of the worship team of IC. And um, during the Daniel Fast, we sort of had a rota for each member sharing something during the day, the, the topic for that day, and it's been a blessing seeing what God is revealing to everyone. So I have with me here Tiwa and Deborah. Deborah is going to read uh, her own testimony, and uh, Precious as well, who is not here, but she has a testimony. So let's welcome Tiwa. Uh, good morning. So over the Daniel Fast, I've been thinking about what I kind of get peace and happiness from. And that's been through maybe YouTube videos or music or even food, like snacks and stuff. So so I decided to fast like all of those, although I did accidentally eat lasagna, but that was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I've been thinking of I've been trying to rejoice in the things of God, like spending more time with him and trying to meditate on his word. And um, I kind of want my life to be a reflection of that. So this fast, I think we should kind of think about what we focus on and what we look to. Um, And Jesus also said that the way to heaven is a narrow path and it can look less appealing than the wider one. But it's not about what the path looks like. It's about where the path leads to. So we should feel encouraged every day that even though we kind of limit ourselves, as in from a worldly perspective, we're, we're going to end up with much more and with a meeting God at the end. So, yeah. Morning. I'm just going to read um, Precious's testimony and then I'll read mine. So Precious said, As I spent time with God throughout the fast, one of the many things he revealed to me is that his power is available available to us at all times. We just need to access it because it's already within us. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 to 20, that this power is like the working of his mighty mighty strength, the same strength that God used to raise Jesus from his grave. The same God who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, who parted the Red Sea, made the walls of Jericho fall, creator of man and woman, this is the same power that resonates in us. 
We just need to have faith in God's power, allowing us to let go and let God guide us. God revealed to me that some people need to let go and let him show you how amazing his power is, because I choose to believe that people's lives are being restored, the broken will be mended, the fearful will be fearless, and the limited will become limitless because of God's power. One of my prayers this Daniel fast was to pray against anything that is hindering me accessing God's power, as I know he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. In James chapter 4, verse 8, God tells us to draw close to him and he will draw near to us. And to do so, I believe that the prayer, that prayer is the key so we can continue to engage with the power. And then um, my testimony. Um, this Daniel fast, I've been really blessed um, by the year's theme, which was perfect. Sorry. <laughs> which was perfect for this season in my life. Um, um, every morning we had early morning prayer meetings from 6 to 7 a.m. And I'm not a morning person, so that was a struggle. Um, that's really strengthened my prayer walk and have taught me that when you pray persistently, you will see breakthrough. Prayer is such a powerful tool that I never really appreciated. The booklet has helped me to interpret scriptures from different viewpoints and apply it to situations in my life. Um, this year's devotional has made me really passionate about the word, which, pre- which previously I was not particularly interested by, and has enhanced my prayer life, which was also previously inactive. So, yeah, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> I don't want to be rude here, Simon, but this is very low. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't, suit, it doesn't help much. Okay. All right. I, I use my phone when I'm doing anything, so you can rest assured it's not me checking on the cricket score um, when I'm in church. But God really deals with me usually in two ways. It's either it's a scripture that I need to look at and sort of dig a little bit deeper into, or often it's sort of a a, a splash or some form of verse, or I don't want to call it poetry because I think I'd have a thousand poets wanting to kill me for, for the bad poetry that it is, but it's some form of prose that happens. And in this fast, which for me personally, I'm at a bit of a junction in my life, the, the, the timing of it was actually incredibly helpful to be going through this um, uh, fast at the same time as having to make some decisions in my own life. Um, though these things always obviously work at a level of your own personal and also at a corporate level. So um, the first thing that I felt in the first time we were actually together was that um, passage of scripture from Acts 4, you know, the one that when we were all in primary school... Um, the beggar by outside the temple. I won't sing it. Silver and gold have I none, said he. Da, 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 da. Um, the, uh, the fascination with that when I sort of meditated on it was that I felt what really God was saying that the beggar was looking for arms. He was looking for daily provision. But actually what God had for him was to walk. And it's all about expectations. So, Harold, don't worry, I'm not going to preach now, okay? Um, but it's all about expectations. We want miracles in our lives, but what we're asking for sometimes isn't what we're going to get. Um, and I felt there was an enormous challenge on that. In the second session we had, it was one of those little splashes, which I'm going to read out, and as my wife has counseled me to read it slowly um, in going through. There's a handout stretched. There's a knock at the door. It's time to get off the floor. It's time to walk. 
Let the talking stop. Let the doubt drop. There's a hand outstretched. There's a knock at the door. It's time to lift your eyes. Time for you to stand. Let the past go and let the truth show. There's a hand outstretched. There's a knock at the door. It's in your grasp. Raise your arms, not your defenses. Let the hands unclench and let the fists relent. It is in your grasp. There's a hand outstretched and there's a knock at the door. I think God wants to do miracles in all our lives. We need to raise the expectations of what he wants to do. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ed. Simon and Harold are just going to come and share in a moment uh, what they're going to do. But as that's going on, I haven't seen many prayers being written. So I'm going to send my team round with pieces of paper to throw into your hands. Write down a prayer for yourself, for someone else, for our town. Draw it if that's what you would like. But I'd love us to all hold on to those because we're going to need those in a song or so's time. Simon, Harold, come share. Hello, everybody. So, Simon, what has God been saying to you personally, briefly? Uh, two things, I think, that have been particularly pertinent uh, through the, the, the last few weeks. The, the first, first was in the first week all about presence, and not only for me, but a sense for us, of, of that, that hunger for his presence. We hunger and yet we long to hunger more. So, uh, part of my journey through the first week of the fast was to spend a lot more time in his presence and a lot more time asking him to quicken that sense of our need for, uh, for his presence. Uh, and then secondly, um, that most significant moment I think was in this last week. Um, not the days sort of merge into one. I'm not quite sure whether it was Gavin's day, if I can put it like that. But that, that the day we were praying for the prodigals, which might have been the day before, um, seemed really significant, actually. Uh, a sense of God really increasing, adding to what Ed was just saying about expectation, really increasing that expectation uh, that God will bring prodigals home, uh, both in our families and in our, our churches. And for me... So this year, we, we did something different. We felt the Lord call us to intentionally pray every day. So we started a 6 a.m. prayer meeting. And every day, 6 a.m., 7, a little over, we press into God. And I've been in IIC for a while. And I think we haven't had this type of pressing in for a while. And we just sense something is really shifting. And an invitation for more the more you, you press in, he invites you for more. And he's actually saying to us, keep pressing in. So I want to invite everybody, 6 a.m., if you're awake, in fact, fight with your bed and come up. And uh, you, would, you, would, you, would, you would encounter God in some really, really fresh way. So he's encouraging us, keep going. So we're going to keep going and, and see what, where, where he leads us next. Yes. Great, and I, I think the, the where God leads us next is such an important thing for us 
to be thinking about. One of the themes that uh, has come to me afresh over these last uh, few weeks, and I've talked about it before in, in other fast seasons, is that quote from Dallas Willard that we, we learn to say no to the things that we can in order to go on to say no to the things that we think we can't. And as we finish uh, this season of perhaps saying no to some things, excuse me, that we thought we couldn't, what are the things that we're, we're really pushing forward into this whole coming year? What are we going to say no to, not just for the, the season, but for the year that lies ahead? So where is that sense of God empowering us, in quickening us, uh, likened to uh, sports people, do you know that indirect effort? You know, a swimmer spends a lot of time in the gym rather than swimming. And that indirect effort enables them to become strong in what they are most seeking to be strong in. So where is it that we're now most seeking to be strong? And where do we therefore need to keep that indirect effort? Uh, That's uh, kind of what's resonating with me as we come out the back end of this time together. Just to summarize some of the visions that God has been giving people as we've been pressing into prayer. Just to put it all together. There have been pictures of as the church presses into prayer, the darkness that holds people in prison, the light of God is breaking into people's prison cells, setting them free. And as we started to call for prodigals and prayed for people by name, we could see the revelation, by, by just the pictures God was giving us was as we keep pressing in, it's like a crack ceiling that is opening up and opening up, and opening up, until it all collapses, so that where the enemy has said, this far and no further, as we keep pushing, the ceiling breaks off, and then the open heavens become our reality, that everything that God desires for kingdom breakthrough in every aspect of our lives will become a reality in society, in every aspect, where the, the people of God rise up and be sold and light in our community. Kingdom agents for kingdom breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Amen. And that sense of what God is doing, I think, has built uh, through these last three weeks. Uh, the third week, in a sense, can sometimes uh, peter out a little bit. You know, you're clinging on to the end. We're nearly there. But there has been a sense through this last week that the momentum and the passion and the determination and that sense of moving forward has accelerated and increased rather than uh, weakened. And I guess my final comment, I think Claire summed it up when she spoke here a few weeks ago, is that we've seen God breaking in on a lot into our lives. There's been a lot of work under the bonnet. You know, we'll seek me and you'll find me if you seek me with all of your heart. There's been lots of work under the bonnet of our lives, God breaking in, which means we're expecting a God uh, to break out, a a year of breakthrough in in the months that lie ahead. So we're super excited uh, about all of that. Should we worship together? Should we stand? Should we just begin to lift our voices in praise and thanks? We thank you, Lord, for all that you've uh, done in our lives. We thank you for what you've done for the people around us. We thank you for what you've done for our churches. 
We thank you for what you're uh, doing in the places where you put us, with our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our colleges, in the university, in the uh, in the hospital, uh, wherever you say, in the prison. Some of our guys are in the prison this morning. We pray for them in the name of Jesus. And we're asking that all over this town and way beyond what you do in us will break out, will overflow to the blessing of one another. You've poured your grace into our lives and we sing about and we celebrate your grace as we worship you and we bring together uh, the end of this season, which is simply a launch into a whole year of all that you will do. Let's worship him together.